Praise the Lord. Again, so good to see you again. You guys are awesome. Amen. Uh, You guys look so serious. (laughs) God is awesome, folks. Amen. We're in His presence. Amen. I'm looking forward to this evening's service. Because God is here. When we bring our needs to Him, we bring our petitions and our requests to Him, We have a promise from Him that He will hear and that He will answer. That's an awesome promise. Because if you begin to understand who God is, that He is all-powerful, He has all wisdom, all knowledge, all understanding, He knows the end from the beginning. What can't He do? I understand that we're coming from a very weak, very finite position. And we can't understand or comprehend fully infinity. We can't understand infinite power, infinite wisdom, knowledge. But I pray that God opens our eyes a little bit, helps us to see a little bit more day by day what He is capable of, what He wants to do. Amen. Every time we come into His presence, folks, it's an opportunity. It's a privilege. It's a high honor. I remember a time that I did not have invitation into His throne room. I had invitation to a place of repentance But I was not His Son. I was not in a covenant relationship with Him. I was a stranger. I was a child of wrath. But because He spilled His blood on Calvary, I am His Son. Praise God. This is an opportunity tonight to enter into His presence, to receive from Him whatever it is we have need of. I know we're tired. Boy, I'm tired today. I had a rough day at work. So did some of you. But my spirit is ready. My spirit is hungry. My spirit is ready to receive something from God tonight. Amen. Praise God. One quick word of announcement. Uh, I don't know if I've actually mentioned this yet. Uh, Maybe someone has. My wife and I are going to be out of town this weekend uh, on a little mini vacation. And uh, so uh, Sister Rudy and Brother DeMuth are going to be taking uh, Sunday service. Uh, just so everyone is aware. Amen. So you guys are in great hands. Amen. With that said, let's all stand. Enough of me. we got to get Sister Rudy up here. Amen. She's going to deliver the Word of the Lord tonight. Let's all pray. Let's seek the face of God. And let's believe Him for greater things. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. You're a glorious Savior. We heap glory and honor unto the Most High God. And I pray, Lord Jesus that You would open our eyes of faith tonight. I know some of us are weary, some of us are tired, but Lord, in our spirit, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what You're going to do. I'm excited to receive from You everything I have need of tonight.
I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that You would move mightily and wondrously and gloriously, that You would be loosed into this assembly today, that You would be loosed, Thou Most High God, to do what only You can do. I pray, God, that You would save, that You would heal, that You would deliver, that You would restore, that You would provide. Whatever the need is here today, we count it a high honor to be able to enter into Your presence once again in this place tonight, to bind together as one body and enter into the presence of Almighty God. We worship You. We praise You. We laud and we magnify You. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are an awesome God. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness. We thank you, God, for the privilege to worship you, Lord. I pray that the day would wash off us and that your word would wash over us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Thank you, God, for meeting every need. We thank you, Lord, that you are the covenant-keeping God and that you keep covenant with us. We thank you for your word for this day, O oh God, for the privilege to worship you in spirit and in truth, O oh God. There is truly none like you, and we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. We bless your name in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you, and you may be seated because we're going to be, there's going to be a lot of scripture, so I want you to be comfortable. Uh, I don't know who spoke this. It was, um, I know it was a, a preacher, but I don't know, I don't remember which one. I'm thinking it might have been um, Brother Arnold, but he said, We'll never possess what we are not willing to pursue. And we will never pursue unless we are persuaded that it is available. And I just want to pursue the Word of God. Um, the fear of the Lord. That's what we're going to be talking about. Quite a few years ago, the Lord told me, laid on my heart, that I needed to um, investigate the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord we're talking about is not to be afraid, but it's to be reverent. It's a feeling or a manifestation of profound respect and veneration. You know, we need to learn to have a profound respect for the Lord because He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the King of glory. And there's none like him and all the earth. And um, I give honor to Brother Becker, and I give honor to Brother Parker, but I give honor to the Lord. Because without him, where would we be? Without him, we'd have no salvation. So the fear of the Lord, when I begin to pursue this and to look, look into it, I'm not even going to tell you that I um, exhausted all the scriptures. There are so many scriptures that speak about the fear of the Lord. But the first scripture we're going to go to is Proverbs 14.2. And it says, He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despises him. The Passion Version of the Bible says, Lovers of truth follow the right path, 
because of their wonderment and worship of God. But the devious display their disdain for him. I thought that was so profound. I want to seek after the right paths. And, you know, it is a wonderment. And I love to worship the Lord. All you need to do is speak his name, and he's right there. So Proverbs 23, 23, you can probably quote. This is one of my life scriptures because when I came in, I was seeking for truth. And I didn't even meet the pastor until I was baptized. There was always a special speaker whenever I came to church. And there was a special speaker that I had never met that day. And this is the scripture that he spoke from. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. To not sell it. And not only that, but when you have the truth, you have wisdom, you have instruction, and you have understanding. It's God's truth, not my truth, not your truth, but his truth. It's not relevant. It never changes. And I, I just love that because I can go to it and I can stand on it. He hasn't changed. He's forever going to be the same. Psalms 86:11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. There's only one Bible verse that has the word unite in it, and this is it. And it means that my heart needs to be one with your word. I want to be one with you, Lord. I want my heart to be one with him. That's my desire, to please him, to walk in his way, to know his voice. We want God to teach us more about him, how he works, how he moves, so we can walk onward in his truth. Brother Hernandez, he said, you need to know what God's doing, you need to know where he's doing it, And then you need to position yourself to be there when he moves. I want to know what he's doing. I want to know his voice. I I don't want it to be a surprise. I want to be there for him so that when he needs somebody to speak his word, I can be there. To whomever it may be, whether I'm in a store or walking down the street, because that's what it's going to come to. The character of God, we want to learn the character of God. And how do we learn the character of God? By learning his word. What are the fruits of the spirit? They display his character. What about in in Matthew 5 when he talks about blessed are the poor? All of that scripture where he's talking, you're going to be blessed if you're this, if you're merciful, if you mourn, if you seek after righteousness. These are the things that teach us the characters of God. And I want to display that characteristic because what ultimately we want to do is we don't want people to see us. We want them to see Jesus. That's my great desire. Not me, but Jesus. Psalms 51.6 says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, in the hidden parts. Thou shalt make me know wisdom. I'm not the same as I was a month ago, a year ago, a decade ago. 
when I first came in and heard this truth? I don't always know my hidden inward parts. But the Lord is teaching me. He's leading me and he's guiding me through his word, through prayer, through listening to his word. The inward part is the innermost thoughts, that secret place. We don't even really know our secret places, but God brings them to our forefront. Why? So he, he can be manifested in our life. So we can grow in his wisdom and his truth and his knowledge so that he can use us as his hands and his feet and his mouth. We will never possess unless we pursue. Are you pursuing? Are you seeking after him? It's a daily, daily process. Sometimes it's easy to be discouraged. Or like Brother Becker says, you don't always get that answer. But he does hear, and he does answer. And it's his timing, not ours. Psalms 35.5 Lead me in thy truth. Teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait. All the day long. They that wait upon the Lord, they're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. If you're weary, if you are just frustrated, you need to wait on the Lord. Every day it's waiting on the Lord because it's a relationship. I just heard somebody talk about and it was just the, smi- the smallest little thing. She had a swimming pool in her backyard. It was there when they, when they built their house. It was already there. And it wasn't, it, it was in bad, bad shape. And it hadn't been able to be fixed. It was fiberglass. And she said, you know, I just, every summer, her backyard is her haven. And she'd say, Lord, am I going to have to have this swimming pool that's leaking and nobody knows the solution for it. It's mosquito-infested, and this is my haven, and you know. Isn't there an answer? And um, she just kept praying, and she said, I know it sounds carnal, but it's a place that I went, and it was my refuge and my haven. And the Lord, you know, he is concerned about those things. He does care about those things. And so she went to church, and she just heard this message about sometimes we pray, and we just don't sit and listen for the answer. So she went to her backyard, she sat on this step, and she said, okay, Lord, I'm going to speak it one more time, and then I'm going to sit, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to wait for your answer. And she said there was another pastor that had was passing through that way, and um, she said, do you know of anybody that could help us fix our pool? You know, it's nobody knows, we don't know what to do about it. People we talk to, they don't know what to do. And he said, you know, I I really don't know what the solution is, but let me make phone calls and I'll see what I can do because he lived in a different state. And so she hadn't heard from him and hadn't heard from him, and finally she called him again and she said, you know, did, did you find anything out? Do you know anything? And he said, I don't, but let me keep investigating. So she waited. And he called her, and he said, I have the man for the job. And she showed us a picture of her pool. 
It was a simple thing. She didn't have to have that pool, but it was there, and it was an eyesore, and God cared because he knew that was her place where she spent time with him. It was her refuge. And it was an answer to prayer because she sat and listened and waited on God and waited for him to give the answer. God loves us so much that even the things, the small things, the things that we sometimes think, well, he doesn't really care or it's too minute or too small to ask him. But he loves us so much. If we understood we're his bride, what would you do for your bride? What would you do for your husband? If they had a need and you could take care of it, I'm sure you'd be there and you'd do it. But we don't feel, we don't really understand that that's who our God is. We are his bride, and he cares about us, and he loves us. Psalms 35.5 Lead me in thy truth. Teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day long. I wait upon you only, O Lord, because my expectations, they come from God. And if he chooses to use somebody else, wonderful. However he gives me that answer, I'm waiting on him only, because that's who I'm looking to, to answer, to bring expectation into my life. Psalm 64, 4 says, Thou hast given me a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Displayed. It becomes a standard. It becomes normal. It becomes typical. It becomes usual. A banner can be a token, a flag, or a signal. His banner over me is love. Uh, Carol, you can put up that picture, please. Now, most of us know what this picture is. But for young people, Josie, have you ever seen this picture? You have seen this picture. Okay. Ryan, have you seen this picture? Yeah. Good. So this is a picture that was taken in Iwo Jima. It was on the battlefield. We were fighting to take over this little island because it was going to end up being a, run, a runway for our B-29 bombers. And during this time when they put up that flag, they were still being shot at. So I think of the banner in the battle, a flag. It could be stained with blood from a friend or a foe. It could be beat up and torn, ripped and rugged. The standard was to encourage, to create a sense of pride, of loyalty, of camaraderie, to bring back into focus the goal. God's word is to bring back into focus the goal. Our goal is heaven. Doesn't matter what's going on around me, my goal is heaven. So when you look at our American flag, and I know there's a lot of military people here, and what does it bring up in you? It brings feelings up in me. My father was in the Korean War. 
My uncle lost his life in the Korean War. My father-in-law was in World War II. I had relatives that were in World War I, buried in the cemetery that's behind my mother's house. In fact, she had an uncle that was killed in World War I, and he had a ring, and she gave it to me, and then I, in turn, gave it to my son, who was interested in history. It evokes a lot of emotions in us. Do you know that America is one of the countries, one of the only countries that displays their flag as often and as much as we do? Do you know that we merchandise our flag in this country? We put it on clothes. We put it on hats. We put it on plates and napkins. We fly it in our houses, at our houses, at government buildings. We display it more than any other country because it evokes a loyalty. It evokes emotions in us. No matter what the situation or circumstances in this country right now, I thank God for this country. I thank God I was born here. I thank God that my roots are here. We display our flag more than anybody else. 267,000 flags, and it may be more by now, are planted May 26th in the Arlington National Cemetery for Memorial Day. The flag is draped over a coffin of a military member who served the United States to honor their memory. It is then folded at the graveside and given to a loved one. What kind of emotions does his banner over you evoke? His banner of love over you. What kind of emotions does his word evoke? You know, a banner can be many different things. It could be a word he's given to you that you've read or somebody else spoke a word to you that it was from God. The poem on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. The wretched, the refuge of your teeming shores, send those, the homeless, the tempest lost, to me. I lift up my lamp beside the golden door. It just evoked in me Matthew 11:28 and 29 when I read that poem. How many homeless do we have in this country? How many tempest-tossed? How many are lost and they don't even know it? Or they do know it and they don't know what to do? In Matthew 28:29, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's seeking for those that will come unto him because he has the answer and he has the rest. Didn't he heal the lame, the blind, the halt? Didn't he call them? Didn't he minister to them? Isn't that what he wants us to do? So we're going to be talking about the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? And by no means... Is this going to be exhausted? But I am just going to delve into it. And hopefully, as you search the scriptures, and every time you come against, you come up against the scripture that says the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, that you remember some of these things. So what is the fear of the Lord? 
Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. The Passion Translation reads like this. Wisdom pours into you when you begin to hate every form of evil in your life. For that's what worship and fearing God is all about. Then you will discover that your pompous pride and perverse speech are the very ways of wickedness that I hate. Sometimes we don't think we're prideful, but then comes that moment, and it's like that aha moment, and it's like the Lord says, look at that. And you're like, oh, okay, yep, you're right, Lord. Because I don't know what's crouching at the heart of the door of my heart, but you do. And I want to hate what he hates, and I want to love what he loves. Proverbs 19.9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. The word clean there means they're moral and they're pure. It's not what I think. It's not my judgments. It's not what I think is right or wrong or righteous or true. It's what he says. They are true. They are righteous. So what are the benefits of the fear of the Lord? There are so many benefits. We're going to start with Second Chronicles 19.7. Some of the benefits of the fear of the Lord are wisdom. Now, who doesn't want to be wise? We all want to be wise. Wherefore, now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with our the Lord our God, no respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. Sometimes when I hear something, I'll ask why. Wherefore, now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it. Why? Why should I do that? For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no respect of persons, no taking of gifts. Iniquity there is no evil. He's not unjust, no unrighteousness, no weakness with the Lord. Respect of persons, no partiality. Nobody's better than the other. He sees us all the same. Gifts. The Lord's not going to be bribed. That's good to know. Wow. There's so much, so much in one little verse. Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. To have knowledge, but it's got to be God's knowledge. There's a lot of knowledge out there. There's a lot of people that proclaim to be wise and superior in knowledge and wisdom. But God's knowledge, that's what we need. Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Such a, such a little verse with such an impact 
I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. I don't want to think that I know it all. Have you ever been around people who just think they have all the answers? They, you just like want to get away from them, especially if you're in a conversation and they're dominating that conversation and it doesn't matter what you're talking about. They've got the answer. They know it. You know, I learn something every single day and it's... Um, it kind of makes me laugh because even today and yesterday I learned. I learned how much protein at my age I'm supposed to be eating, which obviously I haven't been eating that much because I'm not really a gal that likes a whole bunch of meat, but I need it for muscle mass. So I learned something, and I love learning. I love, but I love the knowledge of the Lord. You know, Miriam just went to nationals and um, for quizzing. So this was her one and only year. Um, because she's too old to do it next year. But um, so the quizzers that were, that was their last year, they give a little three-minute speech. And that girl, she just nailed it. I just loved listening to what she had to say. Um, but one of the things she said is, um, she said, I have a good memory like my dad, and I can memorize scripture. But when she was Bible quizzing, They taught her how to study the Word. I thought that was so profound. I want to know how to study the Word. I just don't want to read it and then walk away or when somebody's up here speaking. I just don't. I want to know, okay, Lord, what what do I need to take away from this? What do I need to, to get from this? You know, everybody gleans something different. In fact, just the other day I was reading in John, and I'm not going to talk about the Scripture, but I learned... I read another scripture that I swear I've never seen before. How is that ever possible? I highlighted it. I'm like, okay, I've never read that before. It is so wonderful, the knowledge that God gives you, the understanding that he will give you, that he'll lead you and he'll guide you by the hand. He'll lead you to where you need to go in the word of God. He'll lead you to know what you need to study. If you'll sit down and you'll listen, he'll do that for you. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. Not only do I want wisdom, but I want knowledge. I want understanding. I want instruction. And it all begins with having a fear of reverence of the Lord. Proverbs 15:33 The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Wow. In the passion it says for wisdom it's the source of revelation of knowledge. That's our God. Um, You don't have the scripture, Carol, but I'm going to talk about no want. If you have the fear of the Lord, you're not going to have a want. Psalms 34, verses 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. When I read this scripture, 
I wondered, why do the young lions lack? So I had to investigate. And this is years ago. So I went to the library and I, I got a book out about lions and I learned some things. Of course, they have prides and they have the female lions. And sometimes the, men, the male lions will be part of that pride. Or sometimes there might be a couple males off by themselves. But the female lions are the ones that go do the hunting. And when it comes time for them to have their litter, they separate themselves from the pride. They have their litter. And when the young lions are a little bit bigger, they'll bring them back to that pride. Because the male lions have a tendency to kill the baby lions. So that's why the, the lioness will keep them away for a while. And that's why she goes to seclusion. But they need each other to do the hunting. So the women, or the women, the, <laughs> the female lions will go out and go hunting. And they will kill, but they won't eat. It's a male lion that gets to eat first. So if there's more than one, they get their, they get their fill. And then after that, the female lions in that pack get to eat. And then, if there's something left over, the young lions will be able to eat. So that is why when the Lord talks about not having a want, he talks about the young lions do lack and they do suffer hunger. Didn't David say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken? nor his seed a begging for bread. A want is different than a need. But he also does take care of some of our needs, just like he took care of that pool. It wasn't really a need. It was a want. It was something she didn't really have to have. But God gave that as a gift, and he does that so many times for us. Even the little things, if we would just be aware of how much he loves us, so now we're going to talk about being blessed. Psalms 112.1 Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Didn't Jesus say, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments? What does Psalm 1 talk about? Does it talk about meditating upon the Lord? Meditating upon God's word. You're going to be blessed if you do that. Psalms 128.1 Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. We're blessed. You're blessed. Psalms 128.2 For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, Happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Psalms 128.3 Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children, like olive plants, round about thy table. And verse 4 Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. These are the blessings that will come. If we fear the Lord. Children are a blessing. Sometimes nowadays people think they aren't. People choose not to have children, not understanding what a blessing they truly are. 
And not only are they a blessing, but then if you have grandchildren, it is such a blessing. Psalms 34, 9 through 34, 9 through 10. Oh, we already read those, so sorry. Okay, you will have you will have confidence. Do you want to have confidence? You will have confidence if you have the fear of the Lord. Proverbs fourteen twenty six says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. This might be one you want to memorize. We can have a place of refuge, whether the storm is out there invading our territory or whether the storm is internal invading our territory. We will have rest. We can have confidence because we know who God is, because we have his fear, because we reverence him and we love him and we honor him. We don't need to be afraid. Proverbs 14:27 The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death empowering you he gives you power to turn from the deadly snares to worship him he gives us power he gives us confidence I am not the same person that I was when I first came in. I'm not the same person I was seven years ago or two years ago or three years ago. He has given me a confidence. He has given me understanding and wisdom. He leads us and guides us. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You know, when you struggle, every, every situation and every circumstance, he has an answer to, he has an end to, We just need to have our confidence in him. We need to fear and honor him and believe his word. It's not always easy to do, I know. But if you will do it, you know, I hear people say, well, it's not, that's not my personality. That's just not me. No. It's not your personality, but God can give you the confidence that you need. He can give you the wisdom. He can give you the words to speak. He can lead you... on the path that you need to take. He can lead you to people that I could never come in contact with, nor would I have the testimony or the right words to speak. We are all individuals, and we all have a work, and we can have that confidence. He can change you. He can give you what you need for the moment. My confidence is in him, not in me. There's no good thing in me. Life. The fear of the Lord brings life, but it brings it more abundantly. Proverbs 22.4 By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Humility there is surrender. I surrender. Surrender is not easy. Sometimes it's not something that you do just once. 
It's got to be done over and over and over because this flesh is enmity between me and my God. And I need to surrender daily to him, to his will, to what he wants to accomplish. It's easy to get sidetracked. And even if when you go to work and you have, you, you have to pay attention to what you're doing, even when I'm babysitting for Rose, it's like my mind can't constantly be going through Scripture. But when I have that moment, I can bring it back into focus, and I can meditate on a Scripture. It is a wonderful thing that I can watch my granddaughter. I've been teaching her how to pray before she eats. I've been re- reading, reading to her since she was, what, three months old? Now she wants to pray all the time. She wants to pray all the time. I'm like, Lord, I thank you for that. Not just when she's eating, but when she goes to bed, when we're all sitting at the table. She kind of blinks her eyes, and she doesn't always say the words. But it is a wonderful thing to see the process, how God moves upon people. It is so important. The Word of God, even though you may not always understand it, get a concordance, um, memorize it. Let it feed your spirit, the in, inward man, your spirit. And he'll bring out things that you never saw before. Or he might lead you to another scripture. I read the word of God to my children from the time they were small, even when before they were born, because it was feeding their spirit. They might not understand it. They might not be able to repeat the words. But there's something that's getting in them, whether they realize it or not. It's so important. The Word of God, because He is the Word. He was, before nothing else was, He was and He was the Word. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but this Word, it's going to stand forever. Why would I not want it to wash over me? Why would I not want to meditate upon it and read it? I'm trying to be very careful about the things I read because I have my friend that passed away years ago. Her daughter came from Wyoming, and her name is Monica, and we were talking. And I said, you know, I kind of have this kind of mercy personality where I don't like conflict. I don't like to see people hurting, especially my loved ones. I don't like to see people go through stuff. And we were talking about that. And um, you have to learn to set boundaries. You have to learn not to carry other people's stuff. I I can't carry that. That goes along with forgiveness and not meditating and taking that to heart or being offended. How quickly and easily people can be offended. I don't want to be easily offended. So I was talking to her and I said, you know, I just feel, I, I actually prayed this the other day. I said, Lord, I just sometimes feel like I feel too much because I was really missing my family in Kentucky. And we can do FaceTime, and my grandkids were going to camps, and um, Dylan was going to be able to go to NYC. And, you know, I just like to be there, and I'd like to see it all, and, you know, I want to be in the middle of it, but I don't need to be. You know, and it's probably better that I'm not because apparently I'm not there. And God, so God can have his way and move in the way he wants to. 
and I can just FaceTime them and do a little Bible study and encourage them and talk to them. But I was just feeling this, oh, this such deep, I mean, it was like painful missing them. And uh, so I was talking to Monica, and she's like, oh, yeah, I know. And then she said something that I had never thought of before. And she's like, you know, we were talking about carrying other people's stuff, you know, and not wanting them to hurt and stuff. And she said, yeah, but, you know, isn't it kind of selfish that we think that we (laughs) can take care of it and we don't want to carry it because we don't want to have those feelings? And I never really thought about it that way. And I thought, you know, I suppose it can be kind of selfish, you know. But um, just so you know, the Lord, he heard that. And somebody gifted me plane tickets so that I can go see them. And it was just because, you know, I had this deep, deep longing. And I know that he loves me and he cares for me. And and um, because I'm babysitting Rose, you know, they, Peyton and Landon have jobs and I don't have off unless they have off. And so it's not like I can just leave anytime I want. And it was like he understood that deep longing. And I, and I just said, God, you know it's there. I just want to, I don't want to feel this anymore. You know the timing. You know when it will be convenient. I was kind of looking at their schedules knowing that it's probably not going to happen very soon. But he knew and he answered that prayer because he loves us. Because the little, little, little things matter. And I try not to feel too deeply. And I don't want to be feeling, to be caring other people's things or to be selfish about it. I can be selfish, and I don't want to be. So what was the last scripture we did? Humility and surrender. Okay. Proverbs 22, 4, is that what? Okay. Let's go to Proverbs 19, 23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. He does satisfy us. Visited with evil, calamity, or distress. And if you're feeling distressed or calamity, Jesus said, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Isaiah 26.3 Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Why will he do that? Because he trusteth in thee. If you will keep your mind stayed on God, that's showing that you trust in him, and he will keep you in perfect peace. I love that verse. There's deliverance. When you have the fear of the Lord, he'll deliver you. Psalms 34.7 The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. How many times has the Lord delivered you? How many times has he watched over you and protected you? I think 
all through my life, even before I knew him or acknowledged him. He took me out of some precarious situations. And it's only by his grace and by his hand that I'm here today. He delivered me the day that I decided that I no longer wanted to live in the situation that I was living in. I had carried so much shame. But there are so many people out there that feel hopeless and helpless. If it had not been for the hand of God, I would not be here today. If it had not been because I hid away and nobody knew where I was, but the Lord sent my dog to find me. If it had not been for God delivering me. And I thank God for that. And I thank God that's my testimony. Because because there is always hope, no matter what the situation looks like today. There is always hope. As long as a person has breath in their lungs, there is always hope. No matter what the situation looks like, you can't figure out an out, but God can. And he used that situation in my life to get me out of those bad situations, to put me in a home that there was peace, and I no longer had to be the adult, but I could be the child that I was meant to be because he delivered me. He sent his angels. Salvation. There's salvation when you fear the Lord. Psalms 85, 9. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. I love that scripture. There's always hope. His salvation. Not what I think it should look like, but what he knows is best. Mercy. When you have the fear of the Lord, there's mercy. Oh, I thank God for his mercy. I love his mercy. Where would we be without his mercy? Psalms 33:18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. His eyes are upon us. You know, sometimes we can pray, and even when you're, especially if you're not in church, sometimes I can pray, and it's like I can just feel the Lord is right there. And it's so easy. And then it'll be like, where are you? I know you're there, Lord. And we don't go by feelings. But it is wonderful when the presence of the Lord just comes in. But what I've learned, if I will just wait on him, if I will memorize his word and read his word and meditate upon his word and just sometimes stop and listen, there he is. He just comes in so quickly, so perfectly. (coughs) Excuse me. Psalms 103:11 For as the heaven is high above the earth so great is his mercy towards them that fear him so great Psalms 103:17 But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting 
upon them that fear Him. (coughs) His righteousness until children's children. It's from everlasting to everlasting. His mercy extends to my children, to my grandchildren. That is so wonderful. To think about that. Think about that. It's not just for you. It's for your children and your grandchildren. It doesn't matter the situation or the circumstance they're in. God's mercy is extending towards them. We don't need to look at the situation. We need to know what they will be. Speak what they will be. They're covered by the blood. Cover them with the blood. Speak blessings over them. I heard a minister say, don't tell people what they shouldn't do. Tell them why they should do something. The fear of the Lord. This is why we should do it. Because his mercy. And we should be merciful. In fact, if we're not merciful, then we're not going to obtain mercy. But we should be merciful because the Lord is merciful from everlasting to everlasting. He's merciful to our children and our grandchildren. Psalms 118.4 Let them know that fear the Lord, say that his mercy endures forever. Forever. It's hard to think of what forever will be like. Eternity. What will eternity be like? It's hard to imagine that there is no time because I'm kind of a time-orientated person, especially if I have stuff to do. We're aware of the clock. Um, You know, we live in a country where we're kind of fast-paced moving. So to think of eternity, that it will never end, and that his mercy will always be extended to us. Psalms 147.11 The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. He takes pleasure in us when we reverence him, when we fear him. And the last scripture I'm going to read is about forgiveness. Psalms 134. But there is forgiveness with thou, with thee, that thou mayest be feared. He gives us forgiveness because he loves us, because he wants us to love him and reverence him and honor him. There are so many scriptures, these are just a few, that talk about the fear of the Lord, but really, truly learning the fear of the Lord. Every day when you walk, when you speak, what you do, are you reverencing God? Are you showing him that you have his fear? Are you doing things his way or your way? You know, habits can be broken. Lifestyles can change. Thought patterns can be changed. The mouth can learn not to speak every word that it's thinking that's coming through here. We can learn if we reverence his word, if we reverence him, if we meditate upon his word, that it wouldn't be a book that we just open, read that chapter or two chapters and say we're done today. You know, like the Israelites did. They were to speak to their children when they were walking, when they were eating. Whatever they were doing, 
It was spo- they were supposed to remind their children of what God had done, where they had come from. They were to remind them of the commandments. That's what we're to do daily. If we will do this, I promise you, he will take you to places you never knew that you could go. He will lead you on paths that you never thought you could walk. He will keep you. He will love you. And you will grow in his grace and his knowledge. If we will learn to honor him. I am his bride. You are his bride. We need to be prepared for our bridegroom because he's coming soon. If you just all stand, let's just honor him right now. As we dismiss in prayer, let's just give him honor and praise. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise that is due your name. We thank you so much that we are able, Lord, to live in a country where we have the freedom to read your word, your word, O God, that we have it in print in our own language, Lord, that we can go to any bookstore and buy your word, that we have more than one Bible in our home that we can read. But more than that, Lord, we are so grateful that we can meditate upon it, that it can be written on our hearts, O God, that it can wash over us, that we can have that girdle of truth, your word. We're so glad, Lord, that it won't pass away, that it will stand forever, that you are true. There's none like you in all this earth, O Lord. We thank you that we can obtain wisdom and mercy, that you give us grace day by day. O Lord, help us to love your word. Help us to meditate upon it, O Lord. Help us to learn what we need to learn, O God, for the days that are coming ahead. Not to get our eyes off you, but to constantly have our eyes on you. O God, there is none like you in all the earth. I thank you for your mercy. I bless your holy name. I will enter your courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter your courts with praise. I will say this is a day that the Lord has made. I will praise you and worship you. I thank you, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. There is none like you, and I give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you every day for everything that you have done, for the things I know and the things I don't. Thank you for your hand of protection, O God. Thank you for your hand of provision, O God. Thank you, Lord. I bless your name. In Jesus' name, I pray.